0: for good grades. I wish I was better at relationships. I wish I was an artist. I wish I had a better relationship with my wife. I wish for a life full of happiness. I wish I may. I wish I might have the wish. I wish you tonight. Hi there. Happy Monday, December 5th. It is my birthday today, and I decided to do a reflective piece about gratitude and self-awareness. And on the note of self-awareness below, you'll find the information to receive or get my energy guide. And my energy guide is a little bit about how to be self-aware. If you download the energy guide, you'll receive four emails. And at the end of the emails, you'll be given an opportunity to purchase a small video that helps you work through the booklet with me like a life coach. Uh, and it gives you a sense of what that might be like. So um thinking about my birthday, I wanted to share some things. I am 58 today. And I can't believe that I am, I actually feel if I had to pick a, a, an age, I would say maybe in my 40s. And we all probably have feelings of an, an, an awareness that we're not where we thought we might be, or it isn't what we thought it was, or hoped it was. And so because of some experiences and things that I've had in the last week as my birthday approached, uh, it made me be um, reflective and contemplative. And so I was born in 1964, December 5th, and I was with a biological family until I was about seven. And then from the ages of seven to 10, I was in foster care and then I was adopted and then I left home at 16. And I had a few years on my own. And then I moved to um, Toronto and I had some years there. Um, Married, had a husband die, had children, remarried, and have been in the same home, in the same community for 26 years now. And so it's been full and there's lots to be grateful for. On Saturday, we went to see a play in Toronto and we were going to go to um, a Christmas market and we hadn't bought tickets and couldn't get in. So we decided that, or I decided and my family humored me, that we would walk uh, to the neighborhood that I had lived in when I was in Toronto. Um, The neighborhood is Yorkville. And it was just a really interesting experience to be walking streets that I had walked when I was 19 and 20. And to be reflective about what I was then and what happened since. Um, So just even economically, the homes at that point in time were selling for 800,000. And there was one for sale on the street, we decided to Google and it was going for 11 million. So it's just it made my mind start to think about change. And what were my dreams then? And I I said to my family that, living in that area because it was affluent then as well. I worked as a caregiver for an elderly woman with Alzheimer's. So I was actually in a beautiful home in that area. And I lived in what would have been the servants quarters once upon a time. And it was a lovely experience. But I said to my family, there were times where it could seem Depressing, and there were times it could seem inspiring because when you would walk into a store and everything was so expensive, it would make me think I need to do well, or it would make me think I'll never achieve. And so, when we think about our dreams and wishes, it made me think about being grateful. So, if I could have had a looking glass when I was 19 to my visiting uh, two days before I, before I turned 58, I'm I am sure I couldn't have imagined the life I I did have and it had sorrow and pain and joy and many experiences that I am grateful I've had and don't believe I would really change anything because I am fine with where I'm at today so it made me think about what what um what do we tell ourselves what do we believe in. We spent some time watching a YouTube channel, uh, a man who was not happy with porch pirates, people who steal packages that have been delivered to your porch. And he developed a glitter bomb that he would leave on porches. And when the thieves would steal them and take them back to open them, they would get bombed with glitter. And what was fascinating to me, he had cameras in this package, and so he would have recordings of the reactions. And what fascinated me was how many people were doing this in front of their children. Their children were standing there watching them open packages that didn't belong to them. And there were one one video that was put up. The child was being trained by the mother how to steal and what to feel about the stealing that they were doing. And it just boggled my mind to think that when we have a choice every day, what would make someone choose that? And then we went from that kind of channel to another uh, video this man had put up about trying to discover some scamming that goes on in other countries and um, sending similar kind of crank mail to those places, but with the ability to have a, an eye and an ear into those establishments. And it ended up becoming a bit of a um, documentary. And what was fascinating was some of these people working in those call centers that are scamming people in other countries, they're making $7,000 a month doing that. And I spent time after I watched that reflecting, what are they being told? What do they believe? How can they scam some old person out of their finances? Have they been told that we're spoiled in our country, that we have so much, we won't miss it? Like what possesses someone? And they had video footage of some of these people. And it's just like a job like we would have every day. They are seeing it as sales goals to reach. It's, um, it's what they do. And so it made me kind of want to understand the need again to teach people about reflective thinking. And we live in such a world of noise and busyness that it's hard sometimes to find a space of time to sit and dwell inwardly. I saw a cute Instagram post about something to the extent of, it's funny when we get older and people ask us what we want for Christmas. And the person said, maybe a purpose, maybe more energy. And I thought that's an interesting slant too. It was meant as a joke and it it was funny, but what is our purpose? Are we just going day to day and answering the call put upon us by the job we have or the children that need us or the elderly family we're we're helping age. And we're not inwardly thinking, what do I want? What can I contribute? How can I help? We spent time in the theatre district of Toronto, and there are less fortunate people who sit on the edge of the sidewalks hoping to receive money given to them. And there were some asleep on the subways. And it made me wonder what was their purpose once upon a time, what brought them to the place that they're at. And I think that any one of us could end up in situations like that if we're not careful. So when I was thinking about my birthday, because I grew up in a different Situation many times, my birthday was often a reflective time. I would wonder, where is my biological family? Are they missing me? Do they think of me? Are they relieved I'm gone? It's no longer their care. And in the preceding years, I have been able to have some of those questions answered. And my biological parents have moved off the earth and I have been contacted by uh, a member of my biological family and we have connected and we do our own lives. We, We didn't amalgamate our lives, but for both of us, it was an opportunity for information and for closure on some level. And I arrive today at my 58th birthday, feeling very content, very grateful for all of the things that I've been able to see and be and do and accomplish. And I bring the question to you, what do you think you'd like life to look like in your 60s? I can remember my husband and I driving down the road chatting about our future and 60 seemed a long way off when you're in your 30s. And it is here like the blink of an eye. And I know elderly people tell us these things. And if you look back over the 30 years, a lot has happened. But how you feel about how quickly you got to where you are is truly like the blink of an eye. And so we want to have the purpose today to achieve the things that we might want for tomorrow. But how do we do that? And I was thinking that simplicity of energy, And that comes back to the thing I often want to try and allow people to see what is that. We might think of energy as momentum, um, you know, doing, but energy can simply be that willingness to be in the moment we're in, because that can be exhausting. If you have three little children and um, multiple jobs and mortgage and house, being in the moment we're in is exhausting. And so that would deplete energy. But if we can be in the moment we're in with an, a sense of this is where I am, how am I doing? What could I change? Can I let something go today that doesn't really matter so that tomorrow when it arrives, I'll be a little steadier, I'll I'll be a little more grateful, I'll be thankful for the things I do have. Those homes that we walked amongst on Saturday that are now $11 million to purchase I don't need a home like that. And if you took that home out of that neighborhood and put it somewhere else, it's a brick home that's probably 100 years old and it's had work done on it and they're beautiful, but it's just a home. And we work so hard to somehow feel like we need to keep achieving. And then we arrive at stages in our life and we think, how did I get here? And Did I enjoy the ride? Am I happy? And if it's not what you thought, maybe we spend too much time there. Maybe we spend too much time thinking I don't meet the requirements I had for myself or that society had for me. And maybe we should stop and say, have I learned? Have I grown? Have I had fun? Have I had sorrow? Have I had joy? And if I've had some of those experiences, I think I've, I've done well. And if they haven't made me so that I can't continue to contribute I've done well and I don't live in an $11 million home and I will never live in a home that large or that, that valued, but I live in a home that brings me great peace and contentment. And I'm with people that I'm striving to be around and with in this life and seeing things together, enjoying things together, because those are my memories. Those are the things that will be with me until I am no longer and what are your memories going to be? What is it that you want to leave? And and not in a grandiose way, not in a way that I've built some big empire. Some people are going to build big empires. Other people, it's just going to be the empire of their home, their family, their joys. And I don't know, just thinking back about um, sort of just being so grateful for that and seeing people who whatever was modeled for them? What is it that people have lived with that their purpose in life is to go and steal packages from porches? And the fascinating part about that video was, I think there might have been two people who were angry that they had been pranked. Most people, it was just a part of the, the journey of stealing packages, part of the curiosity of what's in them. But if they have that sense, how come They aren't trying to be curious about doing more. And when we look at generations and we wonder how do we end up where we are at, where we still have war, we still have racism, we still have poverty, we still have all the things that it feels like mankind is striving to eradicate. How does that happen? And it happens when we stay in positions and teach the people around us that that's all we know. So if I had stayed in the environment in my mind and heart that I had been raised in for the first seven years of my life, there would be alcoholism in my family. There would be domestic abuse in my family. There would be poverty in my family. And I decided that I wanted more. I was adopted when I was 10. So I had six years of stability because I left home when I was 16. So that's not a long time. When I look at statistics around the people who are raised the way I was raised, I have beaten the odds. I have risen above. I haven't done as well as other people who've beaten those odds. There are people who've done better than I have. If I'm measuring with the measuring stick that maybe someone in society uses because I don't have um, a booming business. I didn't become, um, Elon Musk or, um, who else? Uh, Robin, um, Tony Robbins. I didn't become grand in that respect, but I think I became grand simply because I do not have a domestic abuse home. I do not have alcoholism. I do not have poverty. I decided that that was a choice I had to make and I made it. And I did my very best to look each day for something good. I looked each day for something that I could do better. And it wasn't conscious every single day. And it's not going to be when life is busy. But if we could just even once a year on our birthday, stop and contemplate. Am I where I want to be? Is it okay that I'm where I am? Why am I choosing to think I'm not where I should be? Is it because of filters that other people have put? Or is it choices I've made that I'm okay with? And it's okay to be different than what I maybe dreamed of as a child. Because if I had dreams as a child, based on the first seven years of my life, I'm not sure where I would have ended up. But because of the time in care and then the time in an adoptive home, I had the opportunity to have different lenses to look through and decide which kind of lens did I want to strive for. And I wasn't always perfect and I didn't always make the right choices. I'm not saying anything was grand about how I did anything, but I think I was at least I've been told I was self-aware. And I think the self-awareness comes from, again, taking time to be quiet, reflective. When you're driving to work instead of listening to the stock market and the news and stressing about that, notice the sunshine, notice the storm, notice what's going on around you and allow feelings to percolate and then see if you can think why are those feelings there as Am I discontent? Am I euphoric? Am I sad? I said to the family that I was walking with on Saturday, I was very lonely when I moved to the place that we were walking by. It was a job I had received from a family friend. I was very grateful to them, but they were older than I was, and I was working for them, and I was very lonely. I remember sitting in that home with that elderly lady And I would watch people walk by and imagine their lives. And I can sometimes even today, if I feel lonely, I will have an image of me sitting in a chair in that front room of that home, watching the bustle of people around me and just wondering what made their life different than mine. So that might not be where where you're predisposed. That might not be what you do when your mind is having a break of what you do daily, you're getting an opportunity to reflect. But maybe if you could try it, maybe just on your birthday, take some time and reflect in a positive way, all of the things. So I'm not saying that if something was negative, that you need to be positive about it, per se, what I'm saying is if there was something negative, maybe you could look at it and say, what are the positives in that? Did I learn something? Did I choose differently in my life because of that negativity? Um, Because sometimes negativity is what pushes us to a positive, and we can have a better outcome. I have no idea how many years I have on this earth, 58 feels old, and yet if I live to 90, I have a lot more years ahead to do things, and I want to use this day, my birthday, my 58th birthday, to be contemplative, to be grateful, to be thankful, to question why people do what they do so that I don't become lax or self-centered enough that I think I have arrived and this is where my growing will stop. I often have heard people say things like, what is it about older people? They think they have a right to say whatever they want. And I've heard that situation myself. And I think when we get to a stage, like, for example, if I decided that when I'm 60, that's it, I'm done. And I'm just going to kind of live in the home I've built. And maybe I have a retirement and I'm just going to sit and um, just enjoy life one day at a time. I wonder what I would miss out on. Because I believe as long as I have space on this earth, I should be growing, I should be learning, I should be trying to decide if there's something else that I have not figured out. And what would it benefit me or the world around me or my family, if I could discover how to be different or act different, or develop myself differently. And so I want to strive for that in some small way every day. But we can't do it every day. And I know sometimes we say, don't worry, stop worrying. And there's a sense that if we don't worry, because worry on some level is a good thing, we need to worry enough that we have to pay the rent that we will go to our job today. So we could sort of say, well, don't say just look after today, because then tomorrow will be empty. But if we look after today in this way, get good sleep, eat good food, have people around us that bring us some sense of purpose or happiness and put things in each day that are easy to attain with ideas and goals for where we want to go. And when we look back over 58 years, we'll have some sort of a purpose. We'll have some kind of a plan because we'll be able to kind of like pick through that time and decide that we want something different and we can go after it. And sometimes it can feel hopeless. Well, if I've gotten to this stage, how could I possibly do anything different? But time is this weird construct, in the sense of, I went back and I took a look at that house. And from the outside, it doesn't look any different. I know there's been changes on the inside. And unless I got to be in that house, I wouldn't know exactly what those changes are. I could see through the window that the staircase had moved, and there were some differences that way. But if, Nobody knew the history that I had with that house, but you could show pictures over the years. Really, nothing much has changed. So it could appear that we haven't changed that much, but inside... What's inside and how comfortable are we with it? And what did we open up in that house where they moved the stairs? It looked, they're in the middle of the house and they used to go up the left-hand side of the house. So there's a more open approach to some aspect of that house that they decided. So change on the inside might just make us more open, might make us more flexible, might make us less sad or less lonely. And we can then, because of those changes, affect other things in our lives. We were sitting this morning looking at some old pictures, and we couldn't believe that it's been five years since we did a renovation in our home. And when we look at that renovation, there's a couple things we wanted to have finished and we haven't finished them yet. And we kept thinking, well, you know, it's a new reno, but it's five years old, and it feels like it was just yesterday. And so When you approach reflecting on your life and when you approach maybe reflection each day, pick one part of your day and reflect, try to love yourself, try to understand that nothing is, uh, I think, a failure completely until we're no longer here because it's something that can speak to us in a way that will help us develop. I hope some of this made some sense. It feels a bit rambly to me, but I feel very grateful inside for the life that I've lived. And I hope to do more and I hope to be more. And I want you to understand that each day you can think and develop and have a better tomorrow. And I wish that for you. Thank you and have a great rest of your day. As much as I enjoy discussions, I also want to provide a service to people who would like more. If you want to do more than listen, get in touch with me with the links in the description. You can also email me through hello at beyondwishfulthinking.ca. And I'd like to give you content you enjoy, so please leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching through my YouTube channel, leave your comments below. If you want more of Beyond Wishful Thinking podcasts, make sure to subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you are listening right now.